Welcome to episode number 61. Today I bring you my beautiful husband, Mr. Peter Lakovich, sharing with you the reverse selling method. Welcome to the Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next level of greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Hello, ladies. Welcome to episode number 61. Today, I have my beautiful husband with me in the studio, and we are going to be sharing with you how to do a reverse sale. Now, this is something that we've been working on for quite some time. We obviously work very close with entrepreneurs, and let's face it, we don't go into business to be salespeople, but you have found out pretty quickly that you need to learn how to sell or your business will die uh, because we know that you know money is the lifeblood of your business. However, how do you do it where it's not that icky feeling? And that's the question that we always come up against with entrepreneurs, and that's something that we feel that we absolutely love doing because us, ourselves, have hated pushy sales. So big welcome to the Herpreneur Show. And would you believe this is the first time I've actually officially had my husband on. I've done a Facebook Live that I've ripped the audio off and put it onto the Herpreneur Podcast Show. But welcome. Welcome, husband. It is great to finally <laughs> be here. I feel privileged that I've made the cut. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we don't get many men that make the cut. But I really want to bring this out because we have really coined the term the reverse selling method. And I really want to share it with the ladies. We've obviously gone through COVID-19 and uh, everyone realises how much now they have to up their ability to be able to sell because now some of us have been taken away from face-to-face. We have to get online and be able to do it online. We have to be able to get on the phones more. So there's much more magic that we need to bring to the conversation. So I just thought we'd actually strip it back and I'm going to do it like a bit of an interview style. Mm. That's cool. Yep. And I'll ask you questions then we can sort of bounce off from each other from there. Perfect. Um, in a snapshot, can you share a best, your best description on what the reverse selling method is? Yeah. Like you said, you know, we've been playing this this game, um, helping businesses grow through increasing their sales skills for over 20 years. And what we've noticed is there's been a massive change in how the customer makes their buying decisions from you know three decades ago to two decades ago to a decade ago to five years ago, two years ago to two months ago because of COVID, right? So because the consumer is always changing the way they buy, we need to change the way we sell because there's often a mismatch. But do we need to change all the time? Good question. (laughs) Because that makes me think that, oh my gosh, I need to change now different to how I was selling a month ago. But I feel if we're using the same process, that's successful. Yeah. So what we need to change is our understanding of where our customer is coming from. Yes. So we have frameworks and methodologies that we use um, one thing, as you know, we're not big on scripts, right? Because scripts, word for word, scripts for every single scenario yeah. turns everyone into robots. You lose authenticity. You lose your, your personality. We, we don't want to do that. Yeah. It's a, it's All the ladies are going, yeah, hell yeah, yeah I don't want okay, scripts. Cool. <laughs> we so, like a little bit. We just don't like a lot, do we, girls? So the models and methods are there, but what we need to understand is how is the customer changing the way they buy? Because the premise of the whole reverse selling method is to reverse engineer a process 
where we're creating a buying mindset in a customer, mm. not a selling mindset by us or our team. Yeah. And that's the biggest difference, right? And I'm going to say it again, creating a buying mindset in the customer, not a selling mindset in us or our team. Yeah. And another way I'd like to say it is how to get your customer to buy so you don't have to sell, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like having that paradigm shift, which is such a beautiful place to be and it's comfortable for both of you. Mm. You know, it's not that icky, forceful type of feeling that you get from, you know, a desperate salesperson on the other end of the phone call or when you're with them face-to-face. It's just this beautiful conversation that's really quite invisible. Yeah, and that's a really good way to put it. So we've been kind of tweaking and changing and this is, you know, if I'm going to say it modestly, the best work we've ever done. Um, When I say the best work, by terms of feedback from people who are using it saying sales are happening quicker easier. I'm feeling like people are just saying, okay, can I get started? I'm not having to close the deal and overcome a million objections. Like That's the stuff that makes us feel good when people who traditionally aren't great at selling are going, this is easy, or people that have a team are now scaling it and their team are doing it as well as them, if not better. Mm. And that's what's kind of shown us that the model is working quite yeah. well. So. The less follow-up, the better. <laughs> 100%, right? So, yeah, so that's kind of an overarching broad stroke. But if I, if we kind of break it down to give you guys a bit of um, clear steps around it, we, we honestly believe the center of every business is we start a business for one reason, right? We want lifestyle and choice. That's, you know, why do you build, why do you quit a nine to five with less headache, less drama? You come home, you can switch off. When you have a business, you never switch off. Like mm. you're always thinking about it, right? And I think actually going one step before that, we might see a product or service, something that we love that we've had results from. And then straight away, we do that math where it's like, oh my gosh, if I've got my own business. Mm. I'll be able to have my own hours. I'll be able to do this. And then sometimes we realize if we don't have the right systems in place, and ain't it as easy as what you thought it was going to be? <laughs> yeah, for, for 90% of business owners, when you first start in your first year or two, you're not actually a business owner. You've just got a full-time job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you work the divide the hours by how much you get paid, you probably earn more working at McDonald's, mm. right? Because if the hourly rate is just not proportional. So, we, you know, the center of what we wanted to create was a model that enabled you to create the lifestyle and the choices that you wanted to have, right? Yeah. So that's why you have built a business. So to get to that level of lifestyle, freedom, and choice, you need every business needs three things, right? We need consistent flow of customers, right? And the key word is consistent flow of customers. Mm-hmm. Second thing we need is cash flow. Cash flow enables us to um, use better technology, um, hire better staff, invest into your research and development of your products and services. You need cash flow to run a business. And I want to make sure you ain't going to say cash flow is king because it's cash flow is queen. (laughs) Yeah, good. So it's cash flow, right? And then the third thing every business needs after consistent customers and cash flow is you need profitability. We've worked with so many businesses that have revenue, but Mm. they have no profit, right? So if you've got regular flow of customers, regular flow of cash flow and good profitability, you can build a business that has lifestyle and freedom and choice. Mm. So then how do we get those three things, these three pillars of customers, cash flow and profit? And I do want to just ask you right now, what systems do you have right now set up to actually help that? Because we have so many businesses that we work with that they're breaking even. They're not even making profit. They have no systems where they've got a continual uh, um, pipeline of Mm -hmm. leads coming through. 
and they've got nothing there to be able to help them with the sales process. Sort of get on the phone and they wing it. They go to the meeting and they wing it. They think all they need to do is just talk about their service and products, but they actually don't have any process um, that's created. And putting those three together, like you're saying, your consistent leads, you've got a great profitable business, and you've got this shorter sales cycle and you've got these systems and processes set up. The beautiful thing is you actually end up getting the lifestyle. Like we've moved to Perth and, you know, we've actually pretty much in startup mode with part of our business. <laughs> yeah. We've gone back to um, startup mode, launched this amazing program and that was just from customers' feedback. Though, you know, we still have stuff scheduled. I don't start my day till 10 o'clock. Uh, I like to go to the gym after I drop my son off. Uh, you do football, I coach soccer coaching, soccer team, basketball team, you know, surf life club. Yeah, yeah, there's all those things because you've actually got it set up. All right, so three things I want to touch on today, Pete, is really the three pillars that we go through, which is customers, profit, and cash flow. Can we start with the first pillar? How can these ladies get more customers and increase their conversion rates? Yeah, cool. So we've we built the whole reverse selling method to target you to get consistent customers, consistent cash flow, and good profitability. So there's three key elements that enable those three pillars, right? And there's two elements for each one. So let me, let me explain this to you. To get regular customers, one, you need a higher conversion rate. So if you're converting um, six out of 10 customers, right, you want to get to seven out of 10, or eight out of 10, or nine out of 10, okay? So you need higher conversion rates, but this is going to be independent of who's taking the lead. Yeah. So if you've got two or three people in your sales team, they all need to be within a 10% conversion rate of each other, or you've got a four in your sales process, right? Anything more than 10 to 15, I'll stretch it to 15, is a four in your sales process. And that's because when they're relying on personality or the own person's skill set, right? Well, it leads to what we call KPD. So that means you're relying on key person dependency. You're relying on either you or one of your key staff or Mm. two of your key staff to bring in all the revenue. If they go on holiday, if they get sick, if they leave, if they start their own business, then all that IP on how they sell is gone with them and your company's held at ransom. It's like you're handcuffed. Or can I just add that you're the business owner and you are wanting to grow but no one can sell as good as you because you know your business inside and out mm. and maybe you don't have any process in place so you're thinking, how could I train somebody and be able to get the same results as I do? And then it's like a catch-22 because you're doing the do, you're doing the skill, plus you're doing the sales. Yes. If you are the salesperson in your business, right, nine times out of ten you're selling through your passion, mm-hmm. your love, and your intuitiveness. You've spoken to enough yeah. people to just know and, you know, when I'm speaking with an owner, I hear ooze out of their pores and I'm almost, almost buying because of their passion. But when you hand it over to a team member, they don't have your blood, sweat, tears, your experience, the research development, the, the, what you've seen as a result of your product. Yeah, so they can't so sell true. from that. They need to sell from a structured process. So the lens we put over every sales process when we judge it, re, re, break it down and rebuild it again is one, do you have consistency of conversion and strategies that give you consistency of conversion independent of who takes the lead? The second thing is time kills sales. The longer the sales process goes, the shorter the conversion rate. So the third key element 
is a, how do we get shorter sales cycles? When you have a shorter sales cycle with a higher conversion rate, that gives you consistent customers. And that's so true because girls, you know it. Like how many times have you walked into a shop, you've seen something and maybe you put it at the back of the rack, right? We all know the back of the rack trick, right? Yep. And we go, I'm just going to walk around and suss out the other shops I've just got here, but I'll keep thinking about it. And then sometimes it just dies down. You're just like, nah, I don't want it anymore because it's that length of time between you actually seeing something and going ahead and taking that step. And this is something that you might not even thought about needing. Yep. Does that make sense? Like when somebody normally wants your products and services, they've normally been in a in a quandary for a while. They're, they're in a problem or they've been wanting that solution. But, you know, it's still that length of time that can kill it. So let's just say in a shop it might be the desire might die within an hour where your clientele, it might be what, a week, mm-hmm. two weeks, depending on yeah. how bad their challenge is. And, and that actually happened to us last year. Oh, not last year, beginning really? of this year. With what? You don't remember this, right? Well, you will as soon as I say it. So we've been house hunting. We actually put an offer in on a house. Now, oh, and, this and, has happened to us lots of times, yes. Admittedly, <laughs> we lowballed them, right? And they come back and said, no, you know, add another 60, 70K. We went, no, we're stuck here. And they said, okay, they didn't accept the offer. Then she came back and said, oh, if you can go halfway between what you offer and they said, they would say, yes, she said, no, we're sticking to our gun. She said, okay, they said, no. Then she came back and said, if you go halfway between the halfway between what I said and what you said, and we said, no. And then they said, okay. Then they came back three weeks later and said, you know what, they're going to accept your offer. Now, this was over a six-week period. And in this time... We went cold. We went cold. We saw other houses that we liked. (laughs) So, you know, they had an opportunity to get a seven-figure purchase... And we changed our mind because time kills sales. So there's two key elements that we need to focus on and the strategies behind these elements to get more consistent customers. It's one, high conversion rates, independent of who takes the lead, and two, shorter sales cycles. So Mm -hmm. when you get more people buying in less time frame, you get more consistent customers. How do we get cash flow? Cash flow comes from a combination of strategies to get a shorter sales cycle and having a higher average dollar per sale. Let's think about this, right? If you've got people coming to you quicker, shorter sales cycles, and they're paying you more, you get better cash flow. So how do you get people to give you a high average dollar per sale? You either upsell, you cross-sell, or you charge more. What I mean by that is you charge what you're really Mm -hmm. worth. I know to be true for a fact, and I want you to feel this as I say this to you. And I'm saying you're right because I think I know where you're going to go with this. Yep. I strongly, well, we strongly believe that the, what you charge is directly proportional to how good you can sell. Yeah. If I said to everybody, everybody right now, I can guarantee you're going to convert 20% higher, right? If you're converting 6 out of 10, you're now going to convert 8 out of 10, and you can charge 20% more, would you do that? And of course, the business brain in, in you says, well, if I can charge more and I can still convert more, I will. The reason we don't charge what we think we're worth, we're scared of losing the sale. Do you think it's more important first? We've got women listening, which I'm sure there's probably a lot of you listening that know that you need to up your prices. Is it important, do you think, to up your prices first or get used to cross-selling or upselling first? Like if there was a choice of the three, mm-hmm. what do you think would be the first move that they need to do? If, if you've got a really good sales process, you should be charging your true worth right now. Yeah. You should be charging your true worth. 
If you've got a really good sales process, you should. it's the difference between selling what people want and people need. And I believe that's the difference between upselling and cross-selling. So people come with you the want. What I want is I want your CRM system, I want your uh, your public speaking coaching skills or your sales copywriting skills or your accounting skills or your whatever skills that you have, I want that. But what they really need is the effect that will give them. If it's, I want your accounting skills, because I want to get rid of the financial stress and the burden and the debt that I'm carrying. And that's what they need to get rid of. People pay more for a need than they do for a want. If you have a really good sales process, I believe the first thing you should be doing is charging your true worth for your core product. Once you nail that, you should then be upselling and cross-selling mm, in yeah. that order. I remember, and I don't know if you remember this, the Entrepreneurial Success event. It was my first event. It was mm. back in 2000. 12, I think. I had this lady, I can't remember her name, but she came up to me. You were there and she said, hi, my name is, I can't remember her name, but she says, I'm shit scared of selling. They were her actual words. Then she ended up coming on to my program, which I think was SUNI back then. Mm -hmm. And the very first session we did was about looking at their prices and I made her put a price up. And within one week, she came back and she said, um, actually, she wrote it in an email to me. She ran, holy shit, and sorry for all the S-bombs, <laughs> but this is just legit, legitimately what she said to me. Holy shit, I can't believe it. I just doubled my price. She was a consultant. She went from 500 to, to 1000 She said, I got the sale and I thought it was a fluke. And she <laughs> thought, before I t- tell you, I thought I would do it again. And then she said, and I got it again. I can't believe this stuff works. Yep. So it's just so beautiful what it does to your confidence once you actually see what you can actually do and what you when you actually realize what your value is 100% and you can communicate that and have the 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 buyer actually see that yes and when they thank you for actually buying the, <laughs> even better the biggest um what's the best way to say this? the biggest barometer for me to know I've done a really good sales process putting the customer first and not just being about the money is when they thank you for giving you money. Yeah. You know, they've just paid you and they go, thank you so much, I'm so grateful. That's when you know a customer has bought and you haven't had to sell. Mm. I mean, it's happened, happened, happened to myself. I remember over 10, 12 years, uh, maybe 12 years ago. You're showing your age there now, babe. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, I was charging four or 5K for a day's worth of consulting and I got a referral from one of my clients who was getting amazing results. I went and saw them. I had to see them twice to understand what they did. It was just a complex business. And they're just, it, if I'm really honest, I didn't want to work you with them. You didn't want it. I didn't I want remember. the gig. They were hard work. Um, working with them was going to be tough. They weren't clear what they wanted. And you had to learn. It would have stretched the me technology. big time to create something for them. And I just put it in a too hard basket. But I felt bad saying no to them because they were a referral from another customer. I think they actually relate like a cousin. So I thought, how can I do myself out of this sale? So I actually just said, I said to Annette, I said, I'm just going to double my price and they're going to say they can't afford me and then I'm going to go, no worries, I can recommend you to someone else. I thought, <laughs> that was the, the video that was playing in my head, yeah. right? So I sat down and said, hey team, this is what we need to do. This is the price and I doubled my price to 8K and I like, and I went, cool, no worries. And in my head I was going, hang on, my story in my head was you were supposed to say, oh, that's out of our budget. I was supposed to say, yeah, I understand. I can recommend someone else to you. And they went, yeah, no worries. And I went, 
what have I done? So then I also doubled the days. I thought, well, because I gave them two options. One is a standard. One is to accelerate results fast, and that was doing twice as many days. And I said, so what we really need is to you know do this many days and doubled it. So it was like a double. And you double. actually charged them for creation and learning. Yeah, and that was the first time I'd that done you that. hadn't done that because you were like, well, I'm going to make this really worthwhile. So, and they said, yes, no worries. I was like, so I nearly tripled my price. I charged for creation time. I charged double the days and I charged double the price and they just didn't blink. And my biggest learning, and I think we all go through life in learning, is the fact that I wasn't charging my true worth. I had my own limiting beliefs. Mm. And when I put it out there, when I didn't care about the sale. Yeah, you detached from I the disassociated outcome. disassociated from the sale. Yeah. Right? They felt that I was there to just to help them and I, and I was. Right, and, and then I was like, I didn't care if I was going to get it. Because of that, I had no attachment to price. Because of that, I was just selling on value. They saw that, and they just said yes. Mm. So let me give you the and first. And can I just snapshot yep. that one more time? Is how many times do you go in before you actually have that meeting that you are scared of losing the sale? That means you are attached to the outcome. You're attached to the result, which means when you walk in or you're on that call on that Zoom call energetically your space headspace isn't even in the right space like the reverse selling method is like bringing you into this beautiful pocket of love and helping and it's like that was the one thing for you it was like you detach from outcome Mm. which is something that you teach but you know we get the lessons as well as we coach and as we do Pete and I still sell every day it's you you know we are still students of our own and we get these beautiful reminders to be able to continually impart every, integrity without learning. <laughs> every day. like So if you feel a, a negative attachment to charging too much because you feel like you're ripping someone off or are, am I really worth it, can I really give deliver this value, they will feel that and then they won't want to pay that. You know, I had a, a lady in, in our Convert Club program just say it's almost like you know when you go out and a guy's trying to pick you up, you can smell the desperation. Oh, yeah, we know that right? one. You, just, you, you know what they're trying to do but the, the people who aren't, Looking to do that, you're more attracted to them because it's just a natural flow of conversation. Yeah. Right? So let me give you a summary of the quick first two equations. It's like a mathematical equation. This is my man brain working for you, right? When you have a high conversion rate and a shorter sales cycle, that equals consistent customers. Equation number two, right? When you have a shorter sales cycle with a higher average dollar per sale, that equals better cash flow, mm-hmm. right? So that's the first two pillars, customers and cash flow. Third pillar is profit. The equation for this is, please write it down, equation number three, high conversion rates at a higher average dollar per sale equals greater profit. Think about this. I'm converting more people and they're paying me more. Mm-hmm. That means I'm creating more customers at a higher price point. I've got profitability. Now, can I just say that sometimes people might go, if I put my prices up, I'm going to get more no's. So can I get you to pause on that? What is the formula that you talk about where we know it's the time, right time to put our prices up? Because I love this and I think it's going to be just an absolute golden nugget for the ladies. Yeah. I I believe the core essence of all business is we need to view it through the lens of our customer. Our customer will tell us if our blog copy is good, if our email copy is good, if our Facebook ad is good. They'll tell us by their engagement, their likes, their their disengagement, their opt-ins, their lack of opt-ins. So your customers are always talking to you. We're just not listening. So the same thing happens with price. I don't need to put my own hang-ups on what I think I'm worth. What I need to do is let the customer tell me 
what I am worth. So I created a formula that disassociated my emotion and I let my audience guide me of when I should put my price up. Let me tell you maths behind it. If we all do this equation, right? Let's say if I had $395 an hour and I had four clients on board, what's 395 times by four? If I round it up, it's roughly $600, right? It's actually 1580 but let's make it 1600 right? I if- love how good he is with his maths. He can just like... <laughs> Oh, let me get the calculator, and then I still added up wrong. <laughs> so I jumped from three ninety five to five ninety five. If we do five ninety five times three, that's one client less. What's five ninety five times three? It's roughly eighteen hundred dollars. So at three ninety five times by four clients, I'm making sixteen hundred bucks. At five ninety five with three clients, I'm making eighteen hundred dollars. I'm making more money with less people. I can service three people better, give them a better result, have less stress, and I'm making more money. So I realized I have a three in one rule. If one customer doesn't say no every three presentations, I am too cheap. Because you can afford to lose one in three of price because the price increase covers the loss. Does that make sense? The price increase of losing one customer in three covers the loss. Now, you might start with a one in five ratio, right? One in three and one in two is what I work on right now, but you might start with one in five or one in six. If you, you, know, you want to make sure you close five customers and every sixth one might say no, and then you want to go to every one in four and then one in three. But there's a mathematical equation to it. I knew I can afford to have one person say no because of price, because the price increase justified the loss and I made more money doing less work, which means I could deliver a better product with better service. So I call that the three in one. And I love that what you said. The one that you didn't get justifies the the, price of the others. others. And then they're probably not the best Mm. customer for you. And the flow on effect, I love the like the ripple effect, right? You throw a, a pebble in the pond and it has this ripple effect. When I started charging $995, $1,500 and now $2,000, guess what? $995 an hour people know $995 hour people. So guess what type of referrals you start to get? High quality referrals. People who pay that, I tell you what, are less of a drain on your resources, right? They understand business. You know, the people usually pay less, demand more, and they, they take up more of your operational time and your energy. So it drains you both time, emotion, and financially. So that's my mathematical equation. It's either a three-in-one rule or a four-in-one rule. Let your customer tell you what you're worth. Now, please, have a good sales process around it because then you'll be able to get to that three-in-one rule rather than have a ten-in-one rule. And a shameless plug right now is if you want more work with Peter and myself, Pete does a lot of the the, the group coaching, mm. uh, check out Convert Club because that's where we actually go through. It's the magic behind selling um, it's the magic behind business growth, and that's where we can actually tailor it. Pete, what would you say if there was two big tips that you could give, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one tip is to the startup. Someone is in a startup and she's listening and she's just in the first six to 12 months of her business. What's a tip that you could give her that would be great for business, for sales, for any type mm-hmm. of business growth? And then you've got the female entrepreneur, and she's seasoned. She knows what she's doing, been doing. She's been in business for a while and she needs to scale. Yeah. So I'd like you to give a piece of information, advice for both of them. Does it have to be sales focused or not? Anything. Okay. Um, okay. For the startup, it's probably two, so I might give both. All right. Um, I'll break the rules. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's good being the hubby because I get little extra privileges. Rule number one, if you're a startup, 
you need to be spending 80, at least 80% of your time on revenue generating activities. We get so caught up in yeah. the website's not right and I've got to get the copyright and the landing pages. And in the old days, that, that what we substitute now in the old days was that I don't have my business cards yet. Like I can't go to a network event so I don't have my business cards. Now it's like I've got to get my website up before I can sell anything. It's like you don't, don't use your website as a, as a excuse to not launch your business. Yes. Right? Do you remember the boat cruise we were on? And there was two women that I met, mm-hmm. and they were both doing exactly the same thing. They were both doing PR. Yes, yes, And yes. <laughs> one uh, was saying that she – it was like a big networking event for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and there was one that she was saying that, you know, she was waiting to get all this stuff ready, and, you know, she didn't want to sort of approach people until she had like a business card and all that type of stuff. And the other one, identical, it was like this sliding door moment, and she was out there, and she had nothing – and she was just like I checked in with her. I think later on in the afternoon, yeah, yeah. we sat down and had a drink. About people both saw from dancing, so our shoes are off. We were sitting down, and she was just telling me all the business cards that she had and all the people that she planned. And it was just interesting the difference because that just shows you at the startup mindset. You know, if you've got a mouth and you know what you're talking about about your business, it's just about the confidence of getting out there. Yeah, it's you, don't wait for perfection. No, your focus needs to be on revenue generating activities. What's going to bring in more relationships, more partnerships, more leads, sales? That you know, don't get caught up in operations too much when you first start because we need cash flow, we need word of mouth. Like, even now, we are literally to the day nearly 12 months into Convert Club, right? Mm-hmm. And we've run, I think, nine or 10 sold out programs every month, they're, they're all booked out and sold out. We still don't have a website. No, we still don't have. Even yesterday, we had one of the members. Actually, we had two in the last day have asked us, "What website can we send our friends to?" We're like, "Let's just jump on the phone." I mean, it's a startup business. We're on track for seven figures, and we don't have a website, right? Because we we haven't need. It hasn't been the core essence. We could have wasted a month and two months, and can't do this till we have a website. It's like it's not necessary. So, startup people, please, startup ladies. Please spend eighty, at least eighty percent of your time should be consumed by how can I generate more revenue in the business? Yeah. Right? Now, give us a couple of tips on doing that. What type of things should they be doing? One. So, if you don't have any leads right now, um, access other people's audiences. That's the best tip I can ever give you right now. What I mean by access other people's audiences is build strategic partnerships. Ask yourself who has a complementary. Um, audience and a non-competing product Mm -hmm. and see how you can get in front of them, whether it's contributing through content, adding value, getting on their stages, speaking to their audiences, just leverage other people's databases right now. Because when if if I gave you access to our database, I would edify you to our database as to why they should listen to you. Therefore, they're more in tuned and then you can then weave your magic in front of my community. So build strategic partnerships because it is low cost right? And it leads to faster conversions. Now, you'll be saying that and you're going to get an influx of people wanting to promote now. <laughs> <laughs> Most probably. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Like for us, like digital marketing companies, once they come through our program, they go, oh my God, yes. hey, all my clients need you. And I go, why? They go, because when I generate leads for a business, right, if they don't convert them, you know what they say? The leads suck. Yeah. I know, they just don't know how to convert. So if you can train all my marketing clients how to sell better, when I generate leads, they're going to make more money um, and therefore, they've got more money spent with me to help them do more marketing to get more leads. And you can see how that complements what we do. We are part of the conversation. They're a part of the lead generation. So it complements but doesn't compete. Correct. So ask yourself, how can you add value 
to them. It's not, hi, can I get in front of your audience and pitch or can I send an offer out to your database? It's got to be, uh, you've got to come from the WIIFM with them. What's in it for me? So when you approach a partner, it's like, what's in it for them? How can what you do add value to their audience and their community? So that's what I would do with a startup. Awesome. Perfect. Let's move to scale. She's in business. She's been in business for a while. She might have yeah. staff. Um, she could be doing all the sales. She could have staff, but she's she's ready now to scale the business. Her business is pulling some good dough in. Like she's, yes. she's doing good. Okay. If you're at scale stage, the key thing I need you to ask yourself right now is are you doing HBU, right? Are you doing your highest and best use? Because mm. what, what we've done to get us, say, to seven figures is not what we need to do to get to multiple seven or eight figures, right? What we've done has got us to where we are. We need to do something different to get something different. We need to become a different business owner to get the business to a different level. And that's the first acknowledgement. Like we can't keep doing the same things and expecting a different result. We hit that glass ceiling. We can see the goal. We can see the future. I just can't bust through it for some reason. So that normally comes down to am I doing my highest and best use? Where is your best time for money and your ROI? Where is that left, right? Mm-hmm. So are you, are you still spending too much time in sales when you should be building a sales team? And what might be stopping you from building the sales team is you're too scared to let go because it's reliant on you. Therefore, you don't have a good sales system. Yes, we know someone like that. I'm not going to mention her, but you know who I'm talking about. My bestie's out there if you're listening. Hello. And it just pointed (laughs) at that microphone very aggressively. (laughs) Your name starts with T. (laughs) You have a daughter starting with D. Yes. Okay, good. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's... Are you doing too much of the operations? You know, let's face it, as business owners, we are control freaks. What I mean by control freaks is we like to know what's happening every minute, every second of every day, and letting go is sometimes the hardest part, right? And sometimes they just don't think that someone can do it as good as them. Oh, I was the guiltiest of that. Yeah. Like, who can do it with me? And I I fall into my own ego, like, because people ask for me, and then they want me, and then I judge people on what I would do, and it's like... I, I just can't. Like, you've all had it. You've all seen it. And I've realized that it's just through a lack of replicable process. Mm-hmm. So you need a replicable sales process, a replicable marketing process, administration, operational. You know, there's only six things that business owners owners do, right? You do marketing, you do sales, you do product development, delivery, you do operations, you have finance, and you have people, mm. right? Leadership. So what is your highest and best use that's going to enable you to scale? Because if you're too busy in the trenches, what you're not doing is strategizing. You're not looking at new opportunities, new product lines, new market lines, new audience, new ventures. You're not looking at 6 to 12 to 18 to 2 years down the track. You're too busy looking at the 6 inches in front of your face, which is today and tomorrow. So if you want to scale, you need to sit here and go, what is my highest and best use? Am I doing my highest and best use? If I'm not, what is dragging me back and stopping me from doing that? Then I need to build a a process around it first, then build a team around a process. I repeat that. You build a process around it first, then you build a team around the process. Mm -hmm. We're at the stage right now where what we shouldn't be doing is managing people. We should be leading people. People need leaders. Your job is to create more leaders, not create other staff. The way to lead people is get them to follow a process. So we manage processes, we lead people through the process and become the type of leader we want them to be. So you need to change your leadership style in that scale stage to take it to the next level. Mm. 
So don't you love the HBU girls? Like I bet you're thinking now, like you can't wait <laughs> to sit down and actually work that out. All right, Peter Lakovich. Yes. Before we finish the first question, how wow. can they find out more? Because you don't have a website. I have a website for the Bet Lakovich. We don't have anything for <laughs> Convert Club. Yeah. Um, best way to contact members at convertclub.com.au, do you think? Yeah, convertclub.com.au. Or reach out to you on Facebook. Um, just, just reach out to me on Facebook. Um, sell more, S-E-L-L-M-O-R-E, at Peter Lakovich. Now, Peter spelled P-E-T-A-R. It is a little bit different. It's like Petar. It's not pronounced Petar. <laughs> But it's just P-E-T-A-R, Lakovich, L-A-C-K-O-V-I-C, dot com, dot A-U. Um, hit me an email there. Love to help. Or just get in contact with Annette yeah. um, through through this this podcast. Um, we'd, love to, we'd love to help you guys out. Um, everything we do is in small groups. It's tailored. We can get a great result with 50. We can guarantee a result with 15. So we, we, we do very tailored stuff yeah. because we sales. We have 10 to 15 max in the group. Sales has to be personalized. Um, it's the only way, you know, our skill set, if I'm going to brag about you for a second, is personalizing things for everybody. Whether you're a lawyer, an accountant, a financial planner, whether you're in whatever whatever business you're in, it's there's a lot of knowledge out there, but the biggest feedback we get is, how do I make it relevant to me so yeah. I can use it on the next call? How do I use what? it so it's me, so it's yeah. ingrained, it doesn't feel like it's manufactured? Absolutely. Yeah, it's the personalization. That's what we, we kind of love. We love personalizing, yeah. and I think that's why the results yeah. are so fast. So, yeah, reach out to us through any of those channels. Beautiful. All right, Peter, you're talking about the reverse selling model being all about lifestyle and freedom. That's mm-hmm. pretty much the whole goal about it. The Herpreneur Show, we've gone through the Herpreneur Wellness Show, the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show, now it's just the Herpreneur Show. Everything we do is about health, happiness, and business. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing that you do on a very regular basis, if not daily, at least weekly, mm-hmm. a physical activity, something that you do that moves your body, that gets you feeling like you're having that lifestyle, having that freedom, that you're really doing all this for? What's the one thing that makes you that happiest version of you, some type of physical activity or something that you do that just fills up your level of happiness? Um, I think it's probably a combination. Like I love the fact that at least once or twice a week I would take breaks into school, right? Mm -hmm. But what I also love about that is then afterwards you and I go for a walk along the beach. I get his ass on the grass. And we start the day by, you know, we're very lucky as the crow flies. We're probably 300 metres from the beach, right? Um, but we drop him off and then we go to the beach and we do a walk for half an hour. We'll either talk personal life, we talk business life. We sat down at a cafe and did some strategy stuff the other day. Mm-hmm. So I just love the fact we have the ability, you know, one, to drop Braxton off or pick him up and then two, for us to spend that quality time doing that morning walk. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say the stairs. Well, part of the morning walk, <laughs> depending how we are feeling, is, um, you know, every probably 100 metres, there's a set of stairs that may be 50 stairs or 20 stairs, and we'll go up and down the stairs a few times, and then we use the, a walk between the stairs. I'm just we do joking. I'm just joking because I know that's a killer. <laughs> oh, it does. It, it burns. But, I, you know, it's one of these things. The more you, Whatever you hate when you do it usually gives you a better reward after you've done it. Um, so, yeah, I think doing that once or twice, well, you do it more than I do, but uh, at least a couple of days a week for me kind of yeah. really I feel um, energised, I feel aligned more with more purpose um, after doing stuff like that. Mm, beautiful. It feeds. Just going to get you now to golf. 
as well, more consistency. And this is the thing, girls, like I walk the talk. For me, it's about how do you blend that lifestyle into your business because we don't want to burn out and business is not just about work, 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 which is what, you know, a lot of us just do. It's what can you do to be that happiest version of yourself? So make sure you go out and do some type of physical activity that lifts your vibration so high that you are the happiest person that you know. That's all for today. I'll see you back at Q&A Monday. If you have questions, please send it out to hello at AnnetteLakovich.com or you can reach out to me on Facebook at Annette Lakovich Official and just private message me, ask me a question, and I'll answer it on Q&A Mondays. Uh, see you next week, guys. Thanks so much, Peter. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.